This episode of the Warriors Huddle is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, the Athletic Club Oakland, a local sports bar I fucking love. Look, all of our social lives took a nasty hit during the pandemic, and one of the awesome things COVID stole was the ability to watch sports with friends. It's something I've loved my whole life, and good news, the Athletic Club has our backs and has given that right back to us. The ACO has shut down their entire side street, not some parklets. I'm talking about the entire side street created an enormous outdoor space, called that space the town gardens, and filled it with tables and huge TVs and their full complement of great food. It's big, it's comfortable, but maybe most important, it's a great spot to watch any and every sport with anyone and everyone you want to. The Athletic Club is now our go-to spot to watch all sports. And with the NFL right up on the horizon, we hope you're going to join us there. In fact, if I see you at the ACO and you're in any type of huddle gear, beer, in fact, maybe beers on me. The Athletic Club Oakland, where sports fans can be sports fans again. We're going to bring y'all into our huddle. You are in. What's that with me, Bram? No Marcus or Maxime today, which could mean remarkably shitty sound, but I am fired up to announce that rejoining me, the Golden State beat writer for the Bay Area News Group, the host of the Locked On Warriors podcast, and an intrepid reporter who would never, I mean never, interrupt Steve Kerr during a Zoom press conference. Mr. Wes Goldberg, what's going on, Wes? How you doing? I appreciate you clearing with, clarifying that for me. I got your back. I got your back. Let the record reflect. So I said up front that no Maxime and the sound is going to be shitty. There's a reason for that. So Wes and I are in my office, I mean studio, and instead of the normal two mic setup, we have one and we're basically sitting in each other's laps. It's hell of awkward. It's not COVID safe. I'm not sure how comfortable he feels, but it is what it is. Weirdly comfortable. Surprisingly comfortable. <laughs> Somehow that answer made me feel less comfortable. Let's go ahead and speed off West. Fun episode today. It's an off-season one, and we only have one segment, and it's kind of a bastardized, like, smash-up segment, right? So on the huddle, we do this thing called the Warriors Oracle, which is basically just a mailbag that gets way too personal, way too fast. And then you and I have been doing a podcast over the last few months called Five Golden Questions. So I have come up with a segment called Warriors Golden Oracle. You like what I did there? Mm -hmm. A little little Mm -hmm. mashup. And they are five questions that have been provided to us by the audience. I'll warn you, I picked some, I don't know, more fun ones than I normally would. I mean, we're getting a little ridiculous today, but it's fucking off-season, man, so it's fine. Well, can I start this with a question of my own that I just thought of? I mean, I don't feel like I have a choice. We're sitting here in each other's laps. (laughs) Feel comfortable. Anything you want to do, buddy, go for it. Anything? Um, So, Chris Haynes reported earlier this afternoon that the Warriors are planning to work out Darren Collison. Are you concerned about the fact that they are maybe doing that? Why? Because it's Darren Collison, and he hasn't played in the NBA for like three years, and even when he was, it was like, oh, okay, Darren Collison. Here's why I'm concerned. I don't understand it. So, I mean, assuming that the veteran minimum is the veteran minimum, 
right? Like they're going to bring him in and it's going to cost them the same amount of money, basically, that it would for somebody like Paul Millsap or somebody like DeMarcus Cousins, somebody of these other names we've been playing around with. And the main reason I've assumed that they have not been doing that was because of luxury tax implications and Lakeham doesn't want to bust out the checkbook. It doesn't make sense to me they would be willing to spend that money for Collison and not these other dudes. So I don't, there's a disconnect. Like I don't get where this is coming from or why the hell it's happening. Darren Collison is 34 years old. Leandro Barbosa is, I'm doing some quick Googling here, 38 years old. So it's not as close as I thought it was. But how close are we to just signing Leandro Barbosa from the staff? Like, you're working on, like, I understand the need for a backup point guard is a real one. And it's one that they failed to address in the offseason. And something they still feel a need to address now, which is why they extended Gary Payton's a second's. Uh, guaranteed deadline to training camp, which is why they brought in a guy like Chris Chioza, which is why all this stuff that they've done is what they've done. But this Darren Collison thing to me, it just it just reeks of a level of desperation that like, like weren't the Lakers the last team to work out Darren Collison? And I guess it worked out for them because they have won a championship. But like, this is a team that just like just teams that like cycle through. And I I still don't get it with Darren Collison. Like that was like the most random point guard in the league. And he left the NBA because he literally did not want to play in it anymore. Last time I remember Darren Collison was at UCLA. It wasn't even like yeah. a giant like NBA moment. Although I will tell you, I now have a new Darren Collison moment in my life. That was some high-stakes shit, dude. Like the fact that you decided to look up while we were recording whether or not there was a connection between Leandro and Darren Collison. And then it ended up not being there. Yeah. I mean, I was a little nervous and you were like on top of me as you yeah. did it. So, I mean. This is the level of professionalism that I bring to this podcast. <laughs> well, I like to think. Well, bring that level of professionalism to our first question and here it is the Warriors offseason seems to be like candy corn no one has a soft opinion on it I'll pause that's true I don't know if you've ever like talked to people about <laughs> yeah. candy nobody's like either you love it or you fucking hate it yeah. there's no one who's kind of on the yeah. fence about candy corn I'm a red-blooded American so I love a good food debate <laughs> and it's <laughs> there's no debate candy corn is delicious do you really believe that yes yes I do it's just a sugar delivery device. Although, strangely, I didn't have you on the show sitting in my lap to debate candy corn. Instead, I used it only as an example. You can, but you knew what you were doing. Yeah, you can give me a candy <laughs> corn. Go ahead. I, I have, of course I have a candy corn cake. It's fantastic. Uh, I agree with you. I think we're the first two oh hosts ever to be on one podcast to agree on candy corn. I don't understand why people hate candy corn so much. Like, I don't. Is it a texture thing? Is it like you can't decide which color to eat first? Like I don't. I, like it is like you said. It's just sugar candy. It's like people love. Okay, so people love Peeps, right? People love Peeps. I hate Peeps. I hate peeps. peeps could go straight to hell. Oh, hundred percent. Those people <laughs> who love Peeps are probably serial killers. <laughs> right. But people love them because it's just like oh, it's just like marshmallows with extra sugar. Like a candy corn is just like. Corn with extra sugar. I don't understand why people dislike it. I don't understand what the debate about candy corn is. Welcome back to Debating Candy with Wes and Bram. I'm going to go ahead and push this towards the basketball section. I have so many candy takes. I know, I can tell. Do we have time at the end? We do not. This is the end of the candy section. I ended up shoehorning a a peep steak into my candy (laughs) corn. No, you're not. And that's why I'm reeling you back. We never even got your candy corn to take. And I'm yet and still pushing this forward. The Olympics, Euros, baseball, major championships, and concerts are all in this summer. You know what isn't? A wild and hairy bush. Tame your pubes with help from our friends at Manscaped. The leader is in below-the-waist grooming. Their fourth-generation performance package includes the brand-new Lawnmower 4.0. 
If an athlete treats their body like royalty, why not treat your pubes like Olympic gold? Fellas, do right by your balls and join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com with the code FANSIDED20. Manscaped also is throwing in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. Achieve pubic glory this year with Manscaped. If you talk to anybody, any Warriors fan about this offseason, there is no in-between takes. Right. People are either positive that everything's gone exactly right or everyone's pissy that they didn't spend the right money, right? So what this question asks us to do is split the difference. I only asked half of it. Here's the second. Play both sides. Give us something you like and something you don't like about the offseason. After you. Um, I'll start with what I don't like because I feel like it'll be better to end with what I like. Um, what I don't like is that they didn't address the point guard need and they're still looking at Darren Collison. And that the guys that they did sign on paper are perfect fits. Otto Porter Jr. Nemanja Bielitz. Like The Bielitz, I think, I, I'll put a pin in that. Um, but they both come with really serious injury concerns. And I would be pleasantly surprised if they played in 60% of the games this year. Um, and that doesn't seem great. Like, and then people will say, well, yeah, you got them for the minimum, like what you expect. They're good players at the minimum. But also, all right, but the Warriors needed reliable role players. Yeah. So I don't care like what the cost was. They, didn't go, they did not get reliable role players this offseason. They just did not. And if you're ask, and if that's the case, then you're asking a whole lot of rookies like Moses Moody and John DeComingo, who again I came off really impressed with from Las Vegas, but they're still rookies. So there has to be a grain of salt that comes with that. So uh, that's what I don't like. What I do like is that Otto Porter Jr. and Amanja Bielitsa are really great fits on paper, and there is a chance that they do get healthy. Uh, I don't think that NBA players typically stay unhealthy their entire careers. Like they'll maybe they're due for a healthy season. I guess that's the bet that the Warriors are making. So, uh, with Bielitsia, they have been looking for a guy like him for so long. Like, the Dragon Bender thing, even the DeMarcus Cousins thing to a certain extent. Uh, they've been looking for a stretch five that you could tell Steve Kerr has, like, have, has like, like, a box of plays set up in the corner of his office. Just be like, just get me a five who can shoot threes, and I can just, like, unleash all these great, like, you know, five-man setups. Like, and it's... You could just tell he's going to have fun until Bielitsa gets hurt. But it, th- so I like that. I like what we're going to see with that. I like the Otto Porter thing because it gives you a guy who can theoretically fit into that closing lineup. I love the Andre Vidal edition. I don't care if he ever plays. Just what he's going to do in the locker room by itself is a win. Um, so for that, and then, you know, the, the rookies looked good. So, like, it, it is, their offseason is like candy corn in a way that, like, well, maybe this metaphor doesn't work, but it could either completely explode in their face and not work, which is not a thing Candy Corn does, uh, or completely hit and deliver, and all these big ifs check off, and you've got yourself a great offseason with a ton of role players and a ton of uh, assets and a ton of 
options for Steve Kerr to use in the short term. Which is something Candy Corn always does. I also <laughs> love the idea of somebody looking at Candy Corn and just being <laughs> completely stricken and paused because they don't know which color to eat first. I don't think that's an actual thing that happens. What color do you eat first? I don't even, I don't remember the three colors involved. I just jump in the whole thing, dude. It's what? not very big. How many bites are you taking of Candy Corn? Oh, you gotta go one at a time. Do you, when you eat like a uh, like a sour patch kit or something, do you just eat the whole thing, or do you eat like the head first and then go? Oh, it's a fun fact. We're not gonna have a goddamn candy debate. You are not gonna pull me into a candy debate outside of me telling you the whole serial killer peeps thing. I will tell you something I like and dislike. I'll start with something I like. The Warriors took last year's roster and they made a contender. They made a contender. Now, don't take my word for it. Right? I am an unabashed homer. There's absolutely no question. Instead of taking my word, take two people whose opinion you have to respect. First one's easy, Steph Curry. Steph Curry didn't have to sign that extension. There is absolutely no reason that he had to take that money because he could have gotten it from any franchise anywhere. The idea that he came out when he did during this offseason, right after those signings, I think it's fair to explicitly pull out. Look, he gave a thumbs up. If Steph's on board with him, you know, doing well, so am I. But way more importantly, Wes, way more. There have been these rankings that have been coming out recently. ESPN has them. NBA.com has them. Pick a fan, they'll have one. And they give you the top 10 in the West, top 10 in the NBA, top 10 in the East, the whole nine yards. Well, fuck about those rankings. Not one of them. There's one set I do. It's the people who could lose a shit ton of money if they are wrong. It's Vegas. Vegas comes out, they give us the title odds. If those things are skewed in any wrong direction, you know who gets their asses chewed out? Whoever the hell set up those odds. Mm -hmm. We're talking millions of dollars. Eight figures, nine figures of money. Here are the odds. The number one team to win the championship, Los Angeles Lakers, three to one. I went 100, I went three. Number two, Brooklyn Nets, also three to one. Oh, they're tied. Okay, I was surprised. That, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Okay, number three, Milwaukee, nine to one. Number four, Golden State Warriors. 10 to 1. So if Vegas views these guys as the fourth highest contender to win to, to win it all, then I'm convinced. And for point of reference, number five is Phoenix. 14 to 1. Okay, the team that literally just came out of the from the Western Conference. So they have the Warriors number two in the West behind the Lakers. They, that I have no problem with that. I, I think that there's a pretty clear number one in the West, and it's the Lakers. Okay. We can, so on a future pod. Okay. You and I are going to argue where these teams land in the West. But if you're looking for something that I enjoy about this offseason, and I, I, you know, my first take is it's because they've become contenders, it's not my take. It's Las Vegas's take, which means something. I agree. I put more stock, like you do, into Las Vegas's take more than anybody else. Okay. Um, is that more of a reflection of Clay Thompson coming back than them signing Otto Porter Jr. It's an uglier take than that. If, if you really want to take shots at this, and you nailed it by pointing out the Lakers in Brooklyn, when Vegas does this, there's two things that they're aiming at. One is the money I was talking about, which means you know this thing does resonate. The other is they're trying to take advantage of bandwagon fans. You know, so they, I don't think that Vegas actually thinks that Brooklyn and the Lakers have equal shot at winning the title. I bet you they all believe oh, yeah. that Brooklyn has a better one. Yep. But they know that Laker fan will throw this money down, and so they put the odd here. Well, you're the perfect person to ask this then. Um, Golden State. I think there's certain teams that we know are Vegas fan teams. The Lakers always get a fan bump. The Dallas Cowboys always get a fan bump. Um, Golden State, I would imagine, never got the fan bump. Yep. 
until maybe recently. Yep. When you're looking at the odds, is there a fan bump there that you see with the Warriors? If this was two years ago, then yes. Yeah. If they were anywhere close to the top ten, 100% yes. They were just Kevin Durant was there, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Oh, and the year afterwards. When, when right. Durant left, before Steph got hurt, if they had kept them even somewhere towards the top 15, even though all of us knew they had no shot at doing it, it's because Vegas knew that Curry has a, has a name value, and they'll That's get true. some people. That's true. You know, the fact that they're doing it now, no. I think they believe in it. But, Wes, I'll give you a don't. A thing I don't like, because there's some shit I don't like about this map. So... With Lacob, right? The and this isn't the thing I don't like. But the, during this offseason, they let the Kelly Oubre slot walk, mm-hmm. right? They have shown a reluctance to spend money because they don't want to go into the luxury tax. We just made that joke and that analysis with Darren Collison. That in and of itself, fine. You know, they're the, they're still what the the highest team paying the luxury tax. You know, like they're still coming out of pocket. They're still developing a team. So I have no problem with that. Here's the problem I have. Three years ago. Right after they did the light years thing, and right when they moved into Chase Center, Lakeham came out and said, it was almost like an agreement between the team and the season ticket holders, no expense will be spared, not a dollar. If we can get the smallest advantage, we will spend the most money possible. Good Mm -hmm. news, Chase Center's going to let us do that. Bad news, season ticket holders, you're going to have to pay for it. Yeah. You know, these seats are going to be crazy expensive, but like, look, we'll hold up our end, you hold up your end. As a season ticket holder, Wes, okay, I did it. I've done it for the last few years. And when they got hurt, I still did it because there was a possibility. Well, one of those sides changed, man. Right. You know, with the, if, yeah. if he's coming out and telling me that no expense is spared, now that's not true anymore. Now we're sparing some expenses. It's not worth going after these people. Fine. Again, fine. I'm a fan. But where the fuck is my break? My tickets yeah. haven't gone down a cent in fact, I bet you they have gone up other places. Nobody called me up to give me some portion of my PSL back. So if if they're stepping this back and saying, okay, we are no longer spending every possible dollar to make this team good, then I shouldn't be asked to spend every possible dollar to go watch them. There, yeah. There's a disconnect That's here. Right. And it's, yeah, it, it pisses me off, man. And I think somebody who took the businessman side in this argument would say, well, you know what Joe Lacob didn't know when he made that promise was the pandemic was about to hit. Yep. Um, and he's got to make up his money back. But you know who did take, uh, provided discounts during the entire pandemic? Literally every other business. Uh, you could get a flight cross country for 80 bucks during the pandemic. My apartment in San Francisco, my rent has been lowered by $400 since the beginning of this thing. There's an understanding from providers and consumers that, hey, like this pandemic sucks, but in order for it to work, so I'm, and, and like, I don't know, the Warriors, they haven't been in the playoffs for two years. They've been picking in the lottery for two years. They've won, what, 50, what is it, 54 games combined in two years? Something like that? Like, where do you get off charging this kind of money? Like, you're not the championship organization that you thought you were, and you kind of need people to fill that arena. Because I'll tell you what, these last two years, nobody was in Trust. those seats. At least acknowledge it. At least acknowledge it. At least come out and say something because there this disconnect, and I I won't take our time again by going back through it. But recently, it has annoyed me. It is it has absolutely bothered me. I at yeah, least need them to say you know that we understand that what we're paying now is still a little bit high, but our our sites are still you know on championship, whatever something something that at least justified it and acknowledged the disconnect because mm-hmm. right now it's just floating out there. Let me give you a nonsense. Well. 
actually an awesome question. I'm not even gonna tell it a nonsense question. Okay. I got an awesome question Does that for do you. Candy again? It, it, if it doesn't, but something tells me that you were going to make it about candy, <laughs> and I'm already kind of annoyed by that. You may notice I'm slowly backing my chair away from you. It's the fucking peep steak. I just got tired of the peep steak, and now I'm sitting all the way over here. They start coming out like different colors, like as my God, Wes, I don't care. I don't care, Wes. This one, our uh, our audience member is called the Oceans Eleven. I love it. Here's the question: Quote. If you were planning a bank heist and had to pick a current member of the Warriors to plan it, who would it be? Want me to give you some time? I got an answer. Or I, a, I, I, I want your answer first because I love to jump off of your answers to these questions. Yeah. But roster or just like organization? Organization. I, I am reading this when I was going okay. through it. Anybody who is in All that right. building. All right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I need. I need a minute. Right. This is a great question. Think it out. Yeah. I, I will fill in the blanks here. So. My easy response, the first intuition is go front office, right? Like that's what these guys do. They make decisions. But I'm all screwed up on that. Like we know for sure that Steve Kerr is bad with details. Um, And we just learned possibly, I mean, he would tell you that. Um, I I think that, you know, there's a reason why he's gotten other coaches to run the X's and O's. Um, And if something is detail oriented, I would imagine as a bank heist, I'm not sure if I want a big picture guy like Kerr. You want somebody who can really plan it out to the minute, you know, like, hey, we're going to rob this bank. Like, and then what? I'm the big picture guy. No, exactly. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, it's a whole lot of rah-rah shit. Like he's getting you all fired (laughs) up, dude. And like, you definitely, your best friends in that fucking Everybody has a role on this heist. Like you've picked out dope-ass masks, but nobody really knows what they should be doing. So I'm not there for Kerr, which leaves Myers. The whole Draymond, that, so I shouldn't care about this, but the Draymond KD thing made me worried about communication. So yes. I feel like Myers could plan it, but I'm worried he's not going to get everybody on board. And if there's like a fight between bank heist members, he might not be able to work it out. So yeah, no. I'm no, going away if, if Bob came out and like said something really definitive in in response to that Kevin Durant, Draymond Green thing, I'd be like, okay, yeah, like yeah. now you're coming out like alpha dog, he's taking like control. George Clooney mm-hmm. status. That's exactly like, right. Let, let's let's do that. But he's not. He's he's just he's more he's more Matt Damon. Exactly. In when situation. Rusty questioned yeah. uh, Daniel during those movies, he yeah. always stepped up, and we didn't yeah. see that, which leads me just to roster. Now, I'm going weird. It's a weird take. All right, I'm, I, I admit that now. I'm going James Wiseman. All right, now here's why. Details guy. He speaks like 18 languages. He, we we know how hard he tries yeah. in. Everything, and he's in a portion of his career right I think now. It's two languages, so that's fine. Eighteen to whatever. I mean, if he speaks another language, Wes. Why don't you just talk about peeps? I don't need your goddamn takes on the languages that are spoken. I do have more peeps takes. Uh, shocking, shocking. But I feel like he's good with details. I feel like he's in a portion of his career where any assignment you give him, <laughs> he is going to try so crazy hard, like yeah, yeah. so crazy hard. He has a lot of time on his hands. He's still getting better. So. Wiseman's my guy. Now I'm worried that people wouldn't listen, right? He doesn't he doesn't right. have that like veteran leadership, but once you make him the leader, you're giving him a little authority as is. So Wiseman's my guy. I'm shaky on it, but that's where I've landed. Yeah, I don't love the Wiseman pick. I do appreciate your thought process behind it. Uh I just think that uh he's got way too much going on as far as uh language learning. And and yeah, you know, he's like he's already known Mandarin. Now what is he gonna learn? Like 17 others. Yeah. Uh, 16. Um, if you count English. Uh, I got it. I got the joke. <laughs> I'm going Mike Brown. So Wow, that's good. Because I was going to go Steve Kerr, but you made a great point in that he's not detail-oriented. Because he's like, 
he's like charming and he could definitely pull it off. And he'd be like, me robbing a bank? Uh, no. no yeah. And like the cops would be like, yeah, you're right. Like, and that would be it. You but, wouldn't know about the lack of a plan until you were there. Like, right, you feel exactly. so good. Exactly. You feel so good getting in. This guy is going to lead us to the yeah. promised land. And he's like, all right, guys, we're at the bank. That's exactly right. Figure you open out. the door and he's like, okay, <laughs> go. I'm like, you don't, you don't know where you're supposed to go. The cops might already be in route. <laughs> Mike Brown would have that thing. Like, he would have the blueprints printed out. He would have it laminated. He would have it highlighted. He would have it like with those like, I never got to use these, but I always like wanted to be in a position in my life where you use like, those, little, those little tags that go in binders. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, oh yeah. that's such a power oh, move. Yeah. He would have all those. He would like, call it, like pink, blue, neon green, all they, the color of the pieces. They intimidate me. Like, Although I will <laughs> tell you, and I heard that and I will not respond to it. It would kind of concern me if we got out of the, uh, the car, hopped into the bag and Ethel had a binder. Like I, I don't want, I don't want a binder. I want him to know this shit. You know, like I want the playbook to be in his head. He would give you the binder like two months of it in advance. Like it'd be like, all right, study this. Is there Everything is every contingency to everything. The cops come from this direction every time I've studied the last like 18. Kind of like uh, this. Like all of it. Mike Brown would have it dialed in and he would go in with you and he would look good doing it with oh, his yeah. custom suits, everything like that. He's like, this guy looks like he's here to take out a bunch of money. And little do they know, he is. <laughs> I hate it when you're funnier than I am, so I'm going to need you to somehow dial back the uh, punchlines. Yeah. If you were involved, if, if somebody came to you and like, all right, we're planning a bank heist, you have to be involved in some role. It doesn't matter. Up to you what role. Where would you be good? How could you fit in? You're basically asking me if I know how to plan a bank heist. No, no. I mean, no, anything. I don't know what the I, no, no, roles no. are. I don't. So like, drive so have you know, a guy like, who podcasts? Getaway guy. <laughs> I'm, okay. I know very <laughs> little. I know very little about but, or I'm sorry, very little about <laughs> bank robberies, but something tells me, no, there's not a guy who oh, comes would, out and does podcast about it. <laughs> I would be the getaway guy. Because what drives me crazy in these movies is where the get a, getaway guy freaks out. Like, there's always like a, he drops off everybody. He's like, hey, stay right here. Don't move. And then as soon as they leave, the guy, like, you know in the movie, like, this guy's 100% going to move somewhere <laughs> for no reason, for some stupid thing. It'll be like some old lady crosses a crosswalk, drops her purse, and he's like, oh my God, and then he drives away. Not you. So, not me. Just to make sure I'm hearing you right, you'd be the getaway driver because you'd be good at not moving. That's that's, right. that, that's the that's the skill set you're Not moving this. until I have to. Yeah, like, <laughs> I'd be the planner because I'm good at not planning. Like I don't, I'm not sure you're really... I would not be planning. I'm, I'm like Steve Kerr in this. I am not detail-oriented whatsoever. So, um, no, I would be the getaway guy because I feel like you have to have like a certain like chutzpah about it. Like You've got to... like. And, and, you know, confidence about it. And so when like, they're like, don't go, and then you're alone by yourself while all that's happening inside, you have to trust your teammates, do all that. I'm like, I could do that. I could sit still for like a super like long time until I don't have to anymore. I could be the guy who fucks it up for everybody at the end, who talks about it too much, oh, who like, who spends totally on it. No, no, I'm not doing a podcast. That was a terrible idea. But I would like, we're supposed to only buy groceries and I've bought a gold Lexus, you know, like right, right. I've come out in a full titanium, like platinum. Like, Ram, what if the first thing we told you and you're like, I don't want, like, and as I'm telling you, it's I don't know, race. you like, suddenly realize that all my teeth are now diamond. Right. You know, like I would be that guy. Whatever. You don't want to rob a bank with me. We go to question number three, um, whose answer I'm kind of excited for. So it's a three-part question. It begins with this. Who will have a bigger positive impact next season? And then we have a bunch of matchups. Here's the first one. Wiseman or Poole? Next season? Next year. So I think most people's immediate response would be Jordan Poole, of course. Yeah. But then when you really 
think about what the end of the season can look like, what Jim, James Wiseman's role could potentially be if he performs well in that role, I mean, no doubt he would have a greater impact. But I will, I will say Jordan Poole because I doubt Wiseman's ability to make that impact. Not forever, just next season. It's, it's, just, it's, a, it's a lot to ask of him coming off of this injury. Give you the same answer, different rationale, because it makes me less depressed. I think this system is more geared towards a, a guard success. Um, That's we, a really good point. we have not seen anything from Kerr that can immediately bring in Wiseman, and only because of that, we can see the path to success for mm-hmm. Jordan Poole. Um, what you said speaks to me. I hope it's wrong, you know, that, that Wiseman's going to need a little bit more development time yeah. to actually reach who he could become. But I, you know, that would make sense to me, but I would also go Poole. Here's a second one Draymond Green or Clay Thompson next year? Draymond Green because he'll play more games. But Clay is the guy who raises the ceiling, right? Uh, so I guess it depends on how you define impact because I think Draymond raises the floor, for, especially on defense. Like, this team to be good is going to have to basically repeat last year's formula, but then on steroids, yep. right? Be top six in the NBA in defense. Where they need to improve is I think they finished 21st or 20th in yep. offense. They need to get to like 15. Um, I think Clay can help them get to that level. Uh, but without Draymond, like if you just take Draymond out of the equation, you, you're not an elite defensive team, point blank. So I would, I'll still go Draymond because he's going to play more games, splitting the difference that way. I hope to God it's Draymond. Um, so I, I mean, like we are going to need so much from him, and then these these two topics should not be connected at all. And I have no idea. I mean, we haven't heard anything from Steph. We haven't heard anything from the team after the Draymond KD interview that came out. But since that's happened, I suddenly feel like his position in the locker room has become really important. And I want everybody to still be, I I don't know, like kumbaya. I want everyone to still be happy and everything to still be good. And for Draymond's impact to influence that, I think he needs to have a really big fucking year. And so I hope he does. Um, I don't know for all of the health reasons that you just thrown out. We don't know when the hell Clay's going to be playing. Best no. case scenario is Christmas. That's best case. You and I talked about a possible January return. Yeah. Um, I still don't think it's Christmas is like a realistic thing. And this is just me looking at, like, just like parsing through the tea leaves here. Before this schedule release, Clay Thompson himself. On Instagram Live, not even like you don't have to trust like reporters, people. Like his own Instagram was saying early 2022. Yep. Bob Myers, early 2022. Steve Kerr, early 2022. Uh, everybody that was involved was said early 2022. Then the schedule release happens. We all, we, uh, it, it's revealed that uh, the Warriors are going to play on Christmas against Phoenix in primetime. And then suddenly Ramona Shelburne on ESPN reports that the target date for Clay is Christmas. All right, so the only thing that changed between us hearing early 2022, right after the draft, and Ramona Shelburne's report was that the schedule was released. Right. It's the only thing. I'm not a doctor, but I don't know how the schedule release impacts Clay Thompson's You're not medicals. a doctor. For what it's worth, I'm not a doctor. So I am a candy expert. Your peeps you, advice was not medical advice. That was just, it was not, just it was a just, terrible opinion. It tastes icky. <laughs> um, I think that is the medical term for it, by the way. Uh, yuck. <laughs> I know what icky means. I don't know. Are you, you going to give me like a bunch of definitions for icky? I'm on board. In I got 18 different languages. Yeah, my God. Only 17. <laughs> That's right. 16, really. Um, 
I just I don't understand how the schedule release impacted Clay Thompson's medical report. I just don't get it. I'll take it a step further. If you're a Warriors fan, hope that it's later. Yes. Hope that it's later. I agree with you. Um, if you are in the front office for Golden State and things are going well, you know what you don't do? Rush Clay back. You let him take as long as you want. And so yep. if things are going even pseudo well come Christmas, he won't be back then. Yep. If things are going even pseudo well come January, they'll wait then too. Not not that he won't play at all. Maybe you'll let him come in and get, get a couple of minutes here or there. But you're not going to really see Clay actually playing until they need to force him into the lineup, right? Until you, they're worried. You and me and everybody on this planet wants to see Clay Thompson playing tonight. Yep. Uh, but the most important thing for the Warriors is not getting him back soon. It's getting him back healthy. I'll change that. You, me, and everyone on this planet want to see Clay playing successfully forever, and we'd like that to start right. tonight. Right. Right. But it's it's that first that that first point that is the real goal. It's not the starting yeah, thing yeah. that we're worried about. It's the ending yeah. point. Right. Yep. And if you're the Warriors, you want to play it with kid gloves. You want to make sure that he can slowly build up the the physical strength necessary to play in the NBA. And so you're not going to rush that unless they feel like they have to. You got to hope that they don't feel like that. I understand it's been two years and we want to see Clay as soon as possible. Who doesn't? But also, dude, it's been two years. Right. If it takes two more weeks of waiting, you can deal with it. Like we just did with this, with uh, Donda, with Kanye West album. Yeah. It was two years. And it took like three more weeks to get the final version. Guys, it was worth it, wasn't it? Yeah. So just take the time. Yeah. Just take the time. Make it right. Well, in the, the other side to that coin, we could be frustrated for two to three weeks and then have the rest of Clay's career in front of us, mm-hmm. right? Or yeah. you could have instant gratification and then hatch, you know, get right. a much shortened Clay's career. Of the two, it's obvious which one we want. Here's our last matchup. Kuminga or Moody? Just next year, who has a more positive impact? Oh, Moody. I don't think it's close. Yeah, yeah this one's Moody. Um, I think in Summer League, we saw exactly what Moses's role will be. Yep. It was high efficiency on a small amount of shots. So, granted, in Summer League, it was still like 14, 15 shots per game. And it, with Golden State, it won't be that many. But he shot it at like... Out, take that last Summer game, game, summer League game out of the equation. Yep. He was shooting it at like a 40% clip. Um, I trust the shot. The Warriors trust the shot. That's why they drafted him at 14. Yep. So uh, the defense will get there, but he needs to just run the floor, continue to improve on defense, hit those shots at a 38 to 40% clip. And he did that with Kaminga. Look, it was really exciting to watch him play, and it is exciting, and it will be exciting to watch him play. But he's not going to get to turn the ball over six times in a game and just and play 27 minutes. That's right. That's he's a- not going to get 20 shots and make six of them like it's just not gonna so it'll dial it back one of them is going to be handed a brand new role that they've never played in before that's right you know i mean moses moody played on a high school team with cade cunningham and scotty barnes then you know he's going to be put onto an nba team or well, even between that then he was put on a summer league team where they wanted uh kuminga to be the star now he's going to be put onto an nba team that has a bunch of other people he's asked to work in with so he's done that he knows how to succeed or how to succeed as the second even third fiddle kuminga hasn't you know, every team he has ever been on, probably at any point ever, his kickball teams, you know, whatever the hell he played growing up, I guarantee you he has always been the best athlete, has always been asked to do the most. That's not going to be true next year. So he's going to be asked to do something entirely new based only on that. Yeah, I mean, Moody has done it before. He's in a better position to succeed. Were you good at kickball? So good. 
Were you really? Oh my god, so good. Baby bounces. I was a first round pick. I mean, yeah, generally yeah. speaking, that's, that's number what one. I was asking yeah, yeah, yeah. Generally speaking, number one. I was like that dude where everyone would back up. Yeah. I miss kickball. I've actually, I've <laughs> never got why. to play. <laughs> I keep trying to get people to play with me. It's, it's super random. Um, there is adult. I used to live in Wana Creek. There was an adult kickball league. I've seen it. I'm not sure I've dominated it, so I don't want to play in it. Yeah. Uh, no. The closest to playing it, there's a thing called slosh ball where you put a keg on second base and you basically drink as you were playing it. So anytime you pass second base, you have to drink it. Wait, a, to be clear, it is kickball, but with a keg on second base. It, yeah. That's the only difference. That's the no, that's exactly right. We didn't have that in like third grade. No, you didn't play it then. I'm, I'm just explaining <laughs> you the goddamn thing. So that is it. I've always wanted to play it, never got to play it. A, uh, Why does it need a different name? Why can't it just be like, hey, let's play kickball, but put a keg on second base? How would I know that? Did I come up with a fucking name? I don't know. I've never heard it before. <laughs> I did not, and I'm going to tell you this story, regardless of how many times you interrupt me. Former, uh, not only friend, former uh, co-host of the podcast, Scotty, years ago had a birthday party that he was going to play slosh ball. And I remember getting all excited for it, dude. Like, I've never gotten to play. We're finally going to do it. We show up in Golden Gate Park, and while we're doing, like, the initial 30 minutes where everyone wants to play, but, you know, you got to say hello and, like, set it up. You can't just jump into the game. While we're doing that, somebody brought a dog. They brought two kickballs. That dog popped both of the balls. (laughs) And I've I've never seen anything like that before. I'm not not in control of kickball rules, although I think No, you're not. You're not in control of all kickball (laughs) rules. I'm also not a doctor. So we've established all of that here. Uh, But rule number one should be don't bring the dog. Like, that should be... 100% 100% the rule. Well, I mean, even if that's not the initial rule, rule number two has to be, if he's already popped one ball, let's break out the leash. Let's go ahead and break out the leash. Like, what's, you know, like, fine, maybe you weren't watching it first, but when there's, like, shocked noises and everyone's really upset and you're holding on to that second ball like it's hell of important, the dog shouldn't be out and about. And you already commuted to Golden Gate Park just to play kickball and now the dog's ruined it? Like, 100%. Oh. This is all exactly right. We move back to nonsense, although we were able to find a little nonsense in that last question. Question number four. You guys have covered topics. You know what? I'm going to save this one. I'm going to ask you another Warriors one, and then we're going to go to a nonsense one. The Warriors one's easy, it's quick, and it's this. What will Steph's highest point total be next year? Oh, wow. That's a really good question. Um, I mean, it's a complete guess. <laughs> You're not from the future? <laughs> I'm not a doctor. I'm not in charge of. We're finding out a lot about you, dude. Yeah, we're finding really a lot about you. Have you ever popped a cock or a a ball while waiting for slash ball? No. No. I also I okay whatever. I'll let that go. Um, The audience thanks you. So what? What was it? 62 last season. That'll probably end up being his career high. I'm gonna say 58. I go 51, and we go back to nonsense. Quote: You guys have covered topics that seem to tell a lot about personality. Things like, have you ever cheated or told on anyone? Here's one my friends and I ask all the time. Have you cut school more than five times in your life? Don't answer me, Wes. Instead, let's judge each other. I will give you the absolute truth. Answer for me. In, in, so we'll, we'll cap it up till college. So skipping a, a course in college does not count between... Let's say junior, well, you know, if you somehow cut between kindergarten and fifth grade, I'm very impressed you can include that. But I would imagine most of this is between junior high, you didn't even know what that was, between junior high through high school, five or more, I'm going to guess with you, I'm going to guess no. I'm going to guess you've told people yes, 
I'm going to guess you have agreed. Like people talked about cutting. You're like, that sounds absolutely. That sounds fantastic. And people wanted to include you in those plans. Like you were in groups of people who were down to do that, like senior cut day, that kind of shit. But in your mind, you didn't feel that comfortable with it. You're like me. You agreed to do it, but then didn't roll. Like you just didn't. So you have some cuts in pocket, but you didn't get over five. Am I right? Um, so when we talk about cutting, are we, it's like, hey, my parents don't even know, right? Like, it's yes. not like just waking up and like, like. You know, it's not like a birthday yourself. day. Yeah, no, no, it's not like All that. Right, like yeah, you, yeah. you did your own thing and you just, you bounced. And when you should have been there, you were not there. I don't know that I've ever cut school. Not even like one time. I think there was a senior cut day, but it was sort of like, like that doesn't even count. You know, like, like the teachers are like, don't come in. Like, just don't show up here. I'm not going to be here either. We're all going to be at Ale House getting a pitcher of beer. That's what, you know, they did in Florida. Um, Shocking. Uh, <laughs> dude, beer is, like, the best case scenario. <laughs> Am I right about the other guests? Have, did anyone ever, like, bring you into a, like, oh, we're going to cut today. And you're like, yep, that sounds great. And then just didn't do it? No, I think, uh, I think people thought that, so, all right. In high school, I had really long hair. Oh, I did. Uh, I had really long hair, like down to the middle of my back. I would not have guessed this. Yeah, yeah. I wore ripped jeans, a hoodie, and flip flops to school oh, wow. every single day. So people thought I was already cutting school. Yeah, no doubt. Do you smoke weed every day? Or That's just... what they, the people thought I did. 100%. And but you didn't. You were just looking for the, for yeah, the image. I just, yeah, it was, it was... It's weird. It's a weird it's, decision. It was actually, you know, it was comfortable. <laughs> um, uh... I smoked weed occasionally, but not every, not to the point that it looked like I did. And I think people just assume that, like, if this guy wants to cut school, he's just going to do that. <laughs> um, we don't need to invite him anywhere. And he's probably going to places we don't want to go with no, him to. They probably have, like, thought to themselves, I can't believe he's at school. Right. <laughs> you know, like, what's going on here? So, um, no, nobody ever invited me to cut school, as far as I remember. Um, and I don't know that I ever really did, because at the end of the day, I was a goody two-shoes. I was close, but no cigar for me. I felt really proud until we got the back end of that answer. All right, fire away. Judgment, what do you think? Less than five. Uh, you pretty much already gave it away, but I was going to kind of go with this. I was going to go with this anyway. I think that you like the idea of cutting school. There were an occasional few times where you're like, that's a really good reason for me to cut class. Uh, maybe you did it a couple times, but I don't think you got to five. I think at the, I, I think at the end of the day, you wanted to just... You, you're, you're a little too paranoid to like go off and I don't think you, you would know maybe you did it like once or twice and you're like look I'm too paranoid this entire time I'm not even having a good time I'm just going to go to school instead so let's hedge this alright by the time I got to college I mean I took things really seriously Wes really so I got really good grades I did really well in law school I went to a very you know uppity high end graduate school the whole night all the things you'd want to see from an attorney you were hiring to represent you I could fit that also if the number was 50 on how many classes I cut leading into college, it would be over for me. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. I, I took some liberties as I was growing up when I was, and I was just talking to a friend about this recently, which is bananas, thinking as a parent, I can't believe this is true. But do you know where Great America is? I know you're not a Bay Area kid. But so, Great America? Uh-huh, so Great, a theme park, right? Great America is a theme park. Yeah. You and I right now are sitting in San Francisco. Great America is right by where the Niners play now. It's over in Santa Clara. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, I've passed it. Okay, there you go. perfect. When I was 13 years old and in junior high, I cut school 
school and went to Great America on public transit, thinking like the amount of steps that were involved in that and like the idea of that is so terrifying and such a bad idea. But did I cut school? Yes, I did. And it was more than five times, unfortunately enough. That is surprising to me. Honestly. I can tell. Because I can. There's judgment in your eyes. I feel like we've kind of shifted our relationship by me telling I you. I think that. this podcast is over. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> if I put on like a wig of really long hair and took off my shoes and socks, would you feel better about me? Or I'd be right at home. <laughs> at least you're still sitting on my lap. That's okay. <laughs> we'll always have that, Wes. I've stunned you into silence. What a great time to close it. Um, I have no need to, to pimp us out. You know exactly where to find us. I'll leave it at this. Uh, if you have any complaints, criticisms, upsides, anything, you can throw it at us at warriorshuddle at gmail.com. Way more importantly, Wes is the man. His podcast is fantastic. You need more of him in your life. Wes, where should they go? Um, well, you can listen to my podcast, Locked On Warriors. Um, we're going to, over the next week or so, have interviews with um, other Locked On hosts talking about their team. So I think it's like a really good way for Warriors fans to sort of just get the brief on what the other teams in the Western Conferences have done, because that matters. Um, but one other thing I would like to say is that when it comes to Warriors podcasts, please subscribe, whether it's mine or Warriors Huddle or whatever Warriors podcast you listen to. Like, the podcast platform is really, really cool. We have a really good time uh, participating in it. And if you rate and review, that's awesome, especially on Apple, because it really helps people discover the show. But what's even better than that is tell your friends about it. If you're listening to this, you are a diehard Warriors fan, and you've come to the best Warriors podcast that there is. Tell your friends about this if you haven't already. I'm sure you probably already have. But also, like... Send Bram a, tw- uh, a tweet, a DM, an email. Send me a tweet, a DM, an email. Just tell us that you really enjoy it because we actually hear a lot more from the other side, people no. who hate it, but still listen to it. Um, but it is a really rewarding platform, and uh, we really appreciate all the positive feedback that we get. I agree with him. Those takes mean the world, and if you just want to let us know that candy corn is the greatest substance on earth, you White, know. yellow. Orange. Those are the three colors. I wanted to at least get that in there before we sign off. That's the order I eat my peeps in. I'll talk to you guys soon. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.